Hey everyone, I'm Gracie. Welcome to the Grace of Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. Keep listening to hear the incredible journey this week's guest has been on. Hi, Shannon. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hello, Gracie. I'm doing great. It's so nice to be on the other side of this, you know, like just as a podcaster, <laughs> as a fellow podcaster. It's pretty, pretty fun. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you here um, to hear more about your stories. So tell me a little bit kind of, I mean, your military child experience, your brat experience, and what kind of that was like growing up in the military. Right. So my dad was Marine Corps. He was a Kiwi pilot. He did 20 years in total. I moved uh, six times. A lot of the common stops, spent time in the Quantico area, North Carolina, born in California, and then big highlight, I guess, is now in Japan. That's what I talk about a lot. Always think boys uh, come back to that. Yeah. But um, overall, I enjoyed a lot of it. I think everyone knows there's a lot of good and bad that comes with the lifestyle that a lot of us have to live. But um, yeah, I'm incredibly thankful for all the experiences I've been able to have as, as, as a result of this life. But yeah, it's been, it's been a fun ride. You know, <laughs> I'm in college now, so like I get just the chance to reflect on all of it pretty often and just look back. And yeah, I'm incredibly grateful. Yeah, it's definitely a wild ride and, mm-hmm. you know, so many different experiences uh, from so many different children and everything like that. And then, you know, going into college and kind of, you know, you right. have this military life and then uh, you're separated from it and you start college and you're starting your own life. It's so, so different. Yeah, it's a, it's a move unlike all any of the other ones we've made, right? <laughs> so, right. You know, we've moved a lot, but nothing really compares to, you know, doing it on your own. <laughs> um, yeah, it's something I like to focus on a lot too whenever I talk and whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely um, weird kind of moving for your first time on your own. I haven't mm-hmm. moved out yet. I'm a junior in college, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's definitely weird kind of being in college and not having that military kind of moving life. I only moved mm-hmm. twice. My dad was not in for much of my childhood, but it's definitely a kind of weird transition from being a military and a military gotcha. child and living that life and then kind of living the civilian life side of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for nothing else, like just staying in the same place for four years is like <laughs> pretty crazy. It's a crazy context for a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned moving a lot. What other kind of experiences did you have? Did you kind of make, make a lot of friends moving around? And, you know, what was mm-hmm. that like? I mean, every move is a little bit different, I would say. I know a lot of people ask, like, oh, moving, that must be so difficult. And I think it always depends on, like, your stage in life as well, like, and what your what your life is like at the time of that move. Because yeah. obviously when we're really young, like, it doesn't, you just, you're kind of following your parents around anyways. Like, you don't really have that much on, the, on, your, on your plate in terms of responsibilities. But as you get right. older and you start getting more involved in your schools and you start getting, like, your friendships get a little more um, deeper, I guess, you just start to be a little more interconnected and you start to call certain places home and then obviously that environment gets taken away from you you go to everything being very familiar to having it all gone seemingly overnight so that I think that as you get older that becomes more prominent and those moves get a little bit more difficult just kind of as you progress um for me personally I had what I think one of the first significant moves I had was whenever I moved 
from North Carolina back to Quantico. I lived in Quantico before. Quantico area is actually Stafford, Virginia. And I think that whenever, I mean, I was going into, uh, what was I going into? Seventh grade. I was going into seventh grade. So yeah. Middle, all the, like, I'm already in Oxford Middle School, which helps <laughs> tremendously when you're trying to make friends. But I also had this notion that a lot of my previous friends while I lived there would, you know, still be my friends. I just fit right back in that friend circle, right back into I had baseball teammates. I was excited to rejoin. I just thought, you know, the vibes would be the same, same vibe. It would be perfectly fine. Everyone's going to have fun. It's going to be great, Shannon. And no one really told me, not that I can really expect anyone to tell me, like my parents just weren't military brats. They weren't, they've never gone through anything like this personally. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I go back and, you know, it's not always that way. You have to start from scratch, even if it's a place you've been before. And I'd only been out of there for three years. But that was the first time I was like, wow, like this is, this lifestyle is much more difficult than I was expecting. Yeah. And I think that was the that was the first thing you know, for me, and then also just trying to keep in touch with people in past places you've lived. Um, that, that can be difficult as well because it's it's a big ask. I think whenever you're asking someone uh, to keep in touch friend wise, wherever you leave a place, um, because you know you're you wherever you leave their life, it's just one person. It's just one person losing their life, and you can be you guys can be really good friends. But at the end of the day, they're losing one person. What you're losing is ninety nine percent of everything that you know, and. Like for me, I need that communication. I need that text line between my friends in previous places, if nothing else, for like a therapeutical kind of relationship in an awful way. Right. Meanwhile, they they don't necessarily like they don't need that friendship as much. It like it doesn't matter how good of friends you were. They just they're not as reliant on it because they're not in the situation that you're in, not uh, not as much stress. So uh those are two of the big things that affected me in that first move. But yeah. Yeah, it's definitely challenging um, moving around. And, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up, my dad had a seven year break in service. So from the time mm-hmm. that I was about one until like nine, uh, like eight or nine, he was out. So I didn't mm-hmm. move around or anything. Um, and then he rejoined and re- rejoined reserves, um, Army Reserve. And then um, he ended up deploying and getting injured in Afghanistan. And so we had to move. And so it was my first move. And um, I was very confused because I had to Mm -hmm. leave all my friends. I was like, okay, great. We're going to go to Texas. You know, we're going to go through this recovery process Mm -hmm. and then we're going to move back to Ohio. And then that was not the case. And then I left all my friends in Ohio. And, you know, at the time too, uh, I was in fourth grade. But technology was not as big as a thing as it is now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it sounds weird to say it, but no, it's, you're absolutely right. It's yeah. true because we, you know, can connect so easily with people mm-hmm. now, and um, like keeping contact is so much easier. And then when I was, you know, fourth grade, like nine years old, it wasn't as easy then. Right. Also, like when I was in fourth grade, I wasn't even allowed to have a phone. My exactly. Parents like, my parents are like, you can write them a letter. You can write them a letter. Um, you can call them on my phone if you really have to. And I don't think they didn't have any like bad intentions with that. I think we all know now, especially like there's a lot of things that come with getting your first cell phone and getting involved yes. in that uh, social media world. And I don't know if they knew exactly what came with that, but I think they were doing their best jobs to be good parents. They weren't trying to cut me off from my friends. Right. And I did write letters. I became very good at writing letters. And kids today probably don't know how to address an envelope, <laughs> do they? But Shannon no. does. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know. I don't think parents have any negative intentions with, you know, cell phones and everything. I think now, 
you know, we're seeing the negative effects that cell phones can mm-hmm. have on children and their, you know, growing Absolutely. brains. But, you know, cell phones were still not popular. So we didn't have them and we had to write letters. And, mm-hmm. you know, I even wrote letters when I lived in Ohio to my friends that yeah. lived a couple streets away. And, you know, not a lot of people know how to write letters these days. No, nope, that's a flex. <laughs> there it is. We're making it seem like it's such olden times. But. I know. And it sounds so old when you say it like that because you're yeah. like, I mean, I'm t- turning 20 this month. So I'm like, not mm-hmm. that old. Like, I'm not that old. Like, you know. <laughs> no, it <laughs> sounds know, silly we, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just turned 20. So same book. Yeah. We're good. So, <laughs> yeah. What other. Uh, I guess challenges and situations did you end up facing kind of with your moves or, you know, just being a military child in general? Um, well, I'll, I'll go through one more move, I guess. And that was, I don't want to say moving to Okinawa because that one ended up being a whole lot of fun. I know that's a big move for a lot of people and going into it, I was really scared in a lot of ways. Just, it's very unfamiliar, but yeah. once you end up calling that Island home and I could talk about Oki forever, I'm not sure if that's what you want to do. I can go into <laughs> it forever and ever, but um, it was actually leaving the Island. That was a really big transition for me because my dad retired from the Marine Corps and it was my senior year of high school. I had to go somewhere else and spend one year there for my senior year. And then obviously the second half of that senior year, COVID hit my favorite, everyone's favorite topic, COVID. Yes. So I ended up having to go spend half a senior year somewhere. And that was, that was back in North Carolina, not the place I lived before, um, Charlotte area. And my dad got a civilian job and we were just out of the military community. And that was something that I was, I wasn't prepared for how much different that would be. I don't think, because mm-hmm. I was just like, I've done this a thousand times. Just one more move. I don't care. And I'm moving out the next year. I'm going to college. And I'll be out here. It'll be easy. Done with it. But I just hadn't experienced moving because Okinawa military community, everyone moves in and out. Everyone's generally pretty friendly about it. I would say it's, you need yeah. it's used to a lot of change, a lot of turnover in the student population. But the town I moved to, small town, I don't, it feels, why am I like trying not to say the name of the town? It's like, I don't want to call them out. <laughs> Mooresville, North Carolina. There we go. We like it there for anyone who might move there. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a small town, um, very rural place in comparison to other places I've lived. And I just, I wasn't used to such a tight knit community that I don't think they were intentionally not being accepting to new people who were coming in. That's just kind of how it was. Like they've just been all living there their entire lives. And I can't really blame them. So everyone knows each other. There's just been like this storied history between all these kids who have been going to school together since, since they been able to go to school. Right. And then, and then I come in and it's just, it's hard to really get into a certain groove or social circle or whatever you want to call it. And like I said, I can't really blame them in a lot of ways because I can't, I don't know what that's like going to the same school for 18 years or the same county. Obviously, you don't go to school as soon as you come out of the womb. So I guess it's 12 <laughs> years. But yeah. But yeah, it's hard It's hard to, to find your place. And I hadn't had to make a move like that in a while. So it took time. I made a few friends. Then COVID hit. So I just got to sit in my room all the time and have to make friends. So that was fine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a difficult move that's not talked about for a lot of kids or not talked about enough. It's just the one where if your parent retires and you have to go into the civilian lifestyle for your whole family and you don't necessarily have that military bond or like, hey, you've lived here before. Oh, me too. That's great. Oh, you know, so-and-so. Oh, I know them too. There's just a lot of that that happens in the military community. Wherever you move to Mooresville, North Carolina and you know nobody, that does not happen. Yeah, It just doesn't happen. It's just not really an option. So it's, um, yeah, you start from zero. And I also just kind of had the mindset already, like, I'm not going to be here for a long time, but I also want to make the most of it. So it's just like these two things point against each other for me. 
Yeah. And like, you know, moving to, I mean, we live the closest military base to us right mm-hmm. now is about two and a half hours away. And that's McDill Air Force Base. Gotcha. And so where are you right now? Cape Coral, Florida. Okay. My so family currently lives in Valerico, Florida. So I go back there for okay. summer. So why not? Yeah. yeah. Near Tampa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but it's like two hours away, two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's no military community, like outside mm-hmm. of a base that, that far away from a base, there's no military community. Mm-hmm. So I think if you live, you know, closer to a base, or I could imagine if right, you live closer right. to a base when that mm-hmm. retirement happens, it might be a little easier. Mm-hmm. But again, that's my thinking. <laughs> I'm probably yeah. I could no, be no, that wrong. Makes sense. Like I've but, lived like 30 minutes away from a base before, and I've considered that like having a high military community, certainly. Right. And because that community doesn't just extend within the parameters of the base. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of families choose to live off base or right. um, you know, even when we lived at Fort Sam in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents still chose to send their kids to schools off base. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just military community extends around around a base, around an installation. But once you get to a certain distance away from it, you just you're disconnected from it. Right. And I don't think I'm like socially incapable of functioning in a non-military community just like oh, a lot yeah. of military kids exactly. aren't like we're all like totally take capable it just takes time for us yeah. to adjust because like i said you're starting from zero everyone else has been at this for 12 years where they where they are if you're still in high school or whatever stage of life you're in yeah so yeah you're just starting you're starting from the ground up and the fact that a lot of military kids manage to find their place and you know function is just it's a real testament to them and how strong they are i can imagine a lot of them are much better at it than i am but you know (laughs) my job to talk to them i guess well yeah and then you know covid on top of that you know i was a 2020 graduate and you know Mm -hmm. covid just whirlwind Mm -hmm. like i could have done without it but (laughs) i think most people could have uh but you know it is what it is and Mm -hmm. you know it definitely makes it more of a struggle um and even, I mean, now today kind of probably makes it more of a struggle for military kids doing moves and stuff because, you know, now that schools are starting to open up again, yeah. I'm sure it's easier. But during those times where you were moving in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. first off, who thinks that they could have ever said that? Because no. <laughs> right. You wouldn't have expected <laughs> but, it, certainly. Yeah. And um, moving and trying to make friends in the middle of a pandemic, I'm sure is not easy. Right. And then add on to that, like, even if you are back in person, which I think generally everywhere is, I don't think, yeah. I don't think we're pretending like everyone's still doing Zoom school, but <laughs> yeah, you're back in person. And depending on the mask rules there, I mean, Penn State, where I'm at right now, just dropped the mask like requirement for classrooms. Right. And it just made a world of a difference. Like just like seeing people's faces and talking to them. I didn't realize how big of a difference it was, but I'm like, all oh, my classes, people like talking to each other versus like beforehand, everyone's like mask on. I'm doing my thing. We're not talking. Yeah. Don't mess with me. I don't mess with you. And um, it's one of those things you can't really account for while you're while you're kind of going through the pandemic. But um, yeah, I hope it stays like that. I hope that everyone who's moving uh, can see everyone's friendly faces. <laughs> if not now, then very soon. So, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. I used to Fort Sam Houston. That is where Shaq went, right? Yes. Yeah, so I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Um, quick story. Um, mm-hmm. so my goal is to have Shaq on the podcast because of this, but, um, oh, he, 
yeah, it would just be so awesome. But (laughs) (laughs) um, in 2014, I was in sixth grade. And so I went to Cole Middle School. And the way Fort Sam uh, was run, uh, the school district, is that the middle school and high school were so small that they were on the same campus. So it was Cole Middle and High School. The only thing that was separate was elementary school. And so technically we were Cole Middle and High School. And that was that's where I went to middle school. And like mm-hmm. um, so like drama club, uh, I'm sure other things like the nurse's office, that was all in the high school. Like if we needed it as middle schoolers, we had to walk to the high school mm-hmm. and like a couple steps out the door and it was there. Um, but when I was there. Um, he came back and did his retirement, his Jersey retirement ceremony. And so one day we, I don't even know what we were doing. I can't remember fully, but we were like in class, class was getting ready to start or something. And we all got called to the gymnasium and we're like, okay, why are we going to the gymnasium? Like, oh, this is weird. Jeez. Yeah. And so we get in there and there's this huge chair sitting on the stage. Like they put a little stage, they had chairs set up and everything. And there's this huge chair sitting there. And there had been kind of rumors, like as we were all walking, there were like rumors going around. And turns out, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's exactly what we heard walking around. And I wasn't like huge into basketball. So Mm -hmm. like, like I was into it because San Antonio Spurs and stuff. And like, I love the Spurs, but you know, we did not really get into it. I was, I was raised Mm -hmm. on baseball and and my dad loves football. And so he tried to get me to like football and I didn't Mm -hmm. like it until like now, but (laughs) anyways, like baseball was my thing and never basketball. So I, like, I knew who Shaq was like, cause you know, who does it, but, um, you know, I was like, okay, like there's this basketball guy coming to the school and whatever, like, no, Mm -hmm. no big deal. No, no. It's a huge deal. And so, yeah, they did his Jersey retirement there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I actually was there for that. And yeah. So, you yeah. It you know, took the- him a little while to retire the Jersey. Jeez, <laughs> I mean, like- yeah. 2014. Um, Probably like this time, like between January and April yeah. 2014. Yeah. That's really cool. That's yeah. That's that's quite the memory. I'm a big basketball fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he's everywhere. He's like on a commercial every five minutes. If you're watching TV, oh, he's not his TV every- anymore though. But yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> everywhere. And um, yeah, I mean, you know Shaquille O'Neal. Like even if you don't watch basketball, yeah. and, and it's cool and, he's a military kid. Look at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the things you know, and like there are so many people out there who are celebrities who are military kids, and like you wouldn't even know, like Christina mm-hmm. Aguilera. Like oh really? Yes. I knew that one. (laughs) (laughs) Christina Aguilera. I'm a huge WWE fan. So like Mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels was a military kid. Was he really? Yes. He lived in San Antonio too. Um I believe he was at Fort Sam for a little while. So like there are so many, Mm -hmm. you know, huge names that are military kids and you don't even realize it. I love the, there's a video of Sean Mike. Sorry, this is totally out. There's a video of him and it's like, I just kick Stan. And he's like talking about him being not being controversial or something. It's one of my favorite videos ever. <laughs> I watched a lot growing up too. Not so much anymore, but yeah, Sean yeah. was one of my favorites. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I mean, you just don't realize it that how many, you know, the military community is so small, but it's so big. And once you get right. into it, you don't realize how big it is. 
mm-hmm. and how small it is at the same time. Like you, you just never know. Yeah. It feel it can feel incredibly small and incredibly large at different points of your life for sure. But I mean, largest military on earth, you know, bases all over the place. It's going to, it's going to happen. Big, yeah. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people. And I mean, who knows, like, you know, this next generation of military kids, you never know who's going to come out of it. Oh, right. I hope they're not a TikToker though. Like something actually important. (laughs) That is so true. I I want a scientist, please. I cannot pick another. Like (laughs) that is so true. So many TikTokers, so many like you know, influencers. I'm like, yeah, can we influence in other ways, guys? (laughs) 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 Going into a lab or something. There are other ways. No, we get we have to shake our butt on camera, Shannon. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. You know, that is so true. But Mm -hmm. um, you have your own podcast as well. Of course. I'm not an influencer, though. Just (laughs) don't don't get it. It is so different. Yeah. I mean, I've I've thought about being an influencer at once. Like, I've I've thought about doing it. How do you even just say that? Like, what does that really mean? Like, how do you become an influencer? Like, do you need, like, no. Who are you you trying to influence? Like, I don't know. I'm like, it would be cool to make money off of just posting on Instagram and YouTube and stuff, but no. It's not as cool as it seems. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a dream, I guess. But yes, but it is cooler yeah. being a podcaster. So you got that. <laughs> not financially cooler, but yeah. not financially. That is, that is a good point. But I mean, something sometimes, right? <laughs> we got a merch store. Check it out, guys. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so tell me about how you started your podcast. What what idea came mm-hmm. about and said, okay, I need to start a podcast now? Well, first of all, I want to say anyone who's out there considering starting a podcast, do not do it. Like I said, not financially <laughs> good for you. It's not cool. I don't feel cool because I have a podcast ever. Like, that's never <laughs> happened. Whenever I meet new people, I'm like, please don't find out I have a podcast. <laughs> like, so like find it on Instagram or something. They're like, oh, the Shannon show. I'm like, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> but uh, yes, it, it's been fun. I'm joking a little bit, only a little bit. Um, only a little I bit. I started it in 2020, uh, pandemic. I was in Mooresville. It was towards the end of my stay there, locked in my room. I'm just like, I'm one of those people who was like, if I'm cooped up for too long and I don't have anything to do, like I just have to like make or do something. Yes. And it just, like, I always kind of have like, like that itch for that. It's, I don't know. It's sometimes it's bad if I don't have any good ideas. I'm just sitting there like in agony, but yes, <laughs> I, I was like, I'll make a podcast. It'll be great. I and think that's friend, how a lot of podcasts yeah. came about to begin with. Oh, hundred percent. Like there's yeah, so many, <laughs> absolutely right. Like there's the least unique way to have your podcast started. So I was sitting in my room during COVID, but um, yeah, my best friend, Johnny Hoppy, he's a Marine now. Um, he wasn't at the time, but I had a ton of stories from Okinawa and from Kubasaki and traveling and all my far East, like sports events and whatnot. And I was like, wow, like these would make for good podcasts and good stories. Just like going back and forth, just kind of like, I, I don't know. Uh, curse, but just like fooling around with the boys, you know, just like yeah. goofing off. And it's just like, it seemed like a fun idea. I'm not sure how many people would actually listen, but it just seemed like it would be a lot of fun to do with like some of my favorite people. And that's what the first few episodes were just fooling around, having fun, talking about stories. And then I started to run out of stories. I started to kind of run out of, you know, just events that happened to me. And I had to start getting a little more specific on, you know, military children. And that became the focus of the podcast primarily and finding new military kids, finding people that, hadn't, that I hadn't talked to for a long time, asking them to come on the show, reconnecting and just kind of digging into the issues of military kid life and 
you know, just talking about it. And, it, and it's a lot of fun too. It's a, it's a fun place. It's not that serious, but like yeah. have fun on the show. Um, yeah, it's just a place to relax. I think my bio is like, it's kind of sort of a military kids podcast. It's kind of sort of, it's like, sometimes <laughs> it is, sometimes it isn't. It depends how we're feeling. Yeah, no, I think like there's so much that you see of the military kid life and it's like, it looks like it's all sunshines and rainbows and, you know, mm-hmm. you get to move and, you know, sure it's hard when your mom or dad is deployed and, you know, right. you know, you see those, those like obvious struggles mm-hmm. and, but you see that there's so much good in it and sure there's so much good. And, you know, those, those struggles that you see are real. They, they are mm-hmm. struggles, but you don't see the little struggles. And so that is yeah. like, that's huge. Yeah, that's what comes out through conversation. Absolutely. Just like talking about it and sharing individual experiences, which I know is what your show is all about as well. So yeah. that's just, that's what kind of comes out of that conversation is saying, Hey, I went through this. I'm not trying to make it a big deal because I'm not the type of person to make it a big deal, but it was difficult. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of people who go through that uh, with moves and whatnot. They, they're not looking for pity. They're not looking for everyone to feel sorry for them because they know the military kid community, we're all going through it, but we can still support one another. Yeah. And that's important because, you know, there's not a lot of support for the military kids in general. Right. Like, mm-hmm. let's oh, shout be out right Bloom. Here. They're, they're doing everything. Yes. <laughs> love Bloom. Um, yes. We love them. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, there is not much support for the military kid community. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I was, when I was in it, um, you know, there, there wasn't much, you know, <laughs> when I was yeah. actually a military kid and not like, you know, separate it from it but you know there was not a lot of support for the military kids and Mm -hmm. you know even though I didn't go through so many moves and I had the wounded side of it and everything too Mm -hmm. and that's a whole other struggle in itself but you know there's a lot of struggles that these kids go through and they don't get the support from it Right. And I think that even some of the support they get, at least for me growing up, like I had some like military family counselors when I lived closer to bases, like there'd be like mm-hmm. someone who came to our school and like pulled all the military kids together. Um, like all the ones who had parents deployed and like, they'd give us like right. a teddy bear, like, or something. And I'm like, like, I get it, but like kind of misguided in a lot of ways, like, yeah. or some of their advice won't always line up. Like looking back, like some of the things they said, there's so much emphasis. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Don't mind. <laughs> a little bit of rant, but go there's so much it. emphasis on trying to fit in and fitting in and fitting in and fitting in. And I think that a lot of times whenever you move to a place, um, like fitting in doesn't have to be the top priority. Like, especially mm-hmm. if that means you're going to stray from the merits of your character. Um, you shouldn't change who you are whenever you move to a new place. And I know a lot of times we talk about, oh, multi kids, we're so adaptable. We can, you know, fix ourselves to any situation. Yeah. But you should still. You, you shouldn't change who you are and some of your morals that come with the military community um, whatsoever. Like you should stay true to who you are. And that's just like a big part of it that isn't talked about. Cause a lot of times kids move and they're like, I just want to fit in with this friend group. So I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to fit in. Cause they'll like me more, or I'll start talking like this or dressing like that. And all of a sudden it's like a few days and you don't even recognize yourself. You're exactly. doing whatever you can to fit in with like a certain group of people. And I feel like military life counselors, some of their advice almost points you in that direction. They're like, Oh, you know, just like kind of lay low, fit in, just kind of find your place. But um, I think a lot of times you need to have a bigger picture in mind whenever you're moving around. And that's a big benefit from being a military kid in general is you just kind of have a bigger worldview because you've been in multiple places. You know that the drama that's happening in this one high school isn't the end all be all. Like it's not like that big of a deal because you've been to other schools. You've been to schools where no one knows who the heck these people are. No one like they have no impact on their life. So 
you should be able to realize um, you should have bigger goals in place. You should have higher standards for yourself and say, hey, I'm going to find the people who genuinely uh, like me for me. I know that's a really easy way to put it, but that's really what it is. Yeah. And it's different to hear that, you know, aspect of it because I, you know, mm-hmm. being a wounded warrior child, uh, it was so different. And so our little counselor, she always had um, there, w- she would pull the wounded warrior kids aside. And so she would do little groups with us and she did it with other, you know, kids too, with, you know, mm-hmm. those were deployed and stuff like that. And sometimes like, she got me hooked on journaling. So like I would always journal Mm -hmm. and then um, she would give us ways to de-stress. Like one day we made um, stress balls with like balloons and cornstarch. Like, you know, we did Mm -hmm. things like that. So it's different to hear aspects where, you know, they encourage you to fit in and, you know, of course not everyone's probably like that, but you know, those that encourage Mm -hmm. you to fit in or, you know, to change who you are. And, you know, some ways they're not saying to do that. Yeah. I don't think that's not always their intention for sure. Right. But I feel like that is just like a general message It's like, Oh, I'm having a hard time fitting in. Well, what, what are your goals and what's important to you? And there is that still important to you? Are you still pursuing what's important to you, whether that's academics or sports, other activities? Cause if you're doing what you care about, then that's, that's kind of how you are happy in a lot of senses. Like that's, if you're doing what you care about and you're succeeding and there's people in those groups that also care about you. I mean, that's, that's the key to it. It's not trying to be someone that you aren't. Yeah. And you're going to find your friend group, no matter where Mm -hmm. you go. Um, For me, like I had friends that I probably would have never thought that I was going to be friends with if I didn't stay true to myself and who I was. And I'm like nerdy. I love school. I love learning. Like, and because of that, I found my friends who, you know, had the same interests and as I did. And, you know, my teacher trusted me enough because there wasn't, you know, in the elementary schools, there was like the peer mentors who, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, you know, met you on there on the first Mm -hmm. day of school and guided you around, showed you around, became your first best friend there in the middle schools. They don't have that, you know, at least for me, they didn't really have that. And so my teacher trusted me enough to, you know, say, Hey, this is a new girl, you know, show her around, be friends with her. Like, you know, help her out. Yeah, that can make a big difference. Yeah, exactly. And her and I ended up becoming best friends. And then her yeah. sister was in my sister's class, and her sister became best friends with my sister. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you just never know. And if you don't stay true to yourself and who you are, you're going to miss out on so much more. Right. I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, I also remember every single first person I ever met when I moved to a place. I, I still remember them. Like the first person yeah. who like talked to me wherever you move somewhere, because that means so much to say, Hey, like, I don't know who the heck you are, but let's have a conversation. Let's just like talk. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just really simple, I always remember those people. Um, you can't just assume they want to be your best friend right away. I know that <laughs> when we move somewhere, we get really excited. We're like, Oh, someone talked to me. We're going to be best friends for life. And you just kind of yeah. have to take it slow. Sometimes you have to understand, you know, it takes time. Um, but yeah, just don't, don't change who you are guys. That's the big message. Yes. And you know, yeah. fitting in is very is- tempting. <laughs> fitting yes. in is so tempting and it seems so cool but mm-hmm. i mean let's be real a lot of things that are cool are not actually cool right. like you know i am i am gen z and that is that but you know that is I, not cool that is not cool <laughs> like 
you know, I talk to my my friends all the time and I'm like, I don't know who made the decision that skinny jeans and side parts weren't cool anymore, but I think they're cool still. So I'm going to be cool go. in my own way. <laughs> and mm-hmm. my friends are like, OK, yeah, we we think the same thing. So mm-hmm. being go. cool is not always what is cool. Like you have to be yeah. your own kind of cool. Yeah. And what may be cool in one school that you live in and then you move and all of a sudden you're not cool anymore. Exactly. Just, I think that's when you realize that it's all a bunch of BS. Because yeah. And like, when you cool move to another school. country. Yeah. Like, oh, you're very oh my uncool. goodness. Trust me. I was you know, walking around towns in Okinawa. I was the least of cool. <laughs> whoever, rather, whoever locals look at me, I'm sure. But you come back to America and it's so different. Oh my goodness. Yes. It was amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, where can we find your podcast and listen to your podcast and tell everyone where yes. you can find that? You can find my podcast at youtube.com slash Shannon Show. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Shannon Show. Um, if anyone wants to collaborate, you can DM me. I'm always happy to talk to new people, meet new people, just like we did, Grace. Yes. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm always looking for new guests, new military kids, new stories. I like to play games and stuff too may throw a few memes in there to spice things up. So yeah, (laughs) anyone who wants to talk, I'm always up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on and sharing your experiences and your stories and everything. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Let's do it again sometime. You can come on my show as well. That'd be a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Grace of Military Child podcast. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to follow, like, share, subscribe, review, and comment. You can also follow us at Grace of a Military Child Podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more podcast-related content. If you or someone you know is a military child who would like to be on the podcast, please send us a message to one of our social media platforms, or you can send an email to grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. Tune in next Thursday to hear another incredible journey.